We are on Yevamos, the very last line of Zion and Mabez of 7b4 in the Archgirl Gemara. The Gemara is trying to figure out why it is that we need the word Aleha. The word Aleha tells us that when it comes to Yibam, uh, when your sister-in-law is also related to you in some other way, an immediate uh, relative, whether it's your daughter or other other cases that we've had in the Mishnah, it's your other sister-in-law. You married two brothers, married two sisters. Uh, so then, there's no we don't do yibum. So the word Allah tells us that we don't do yibum. But the implication is that if it wasn't for the word Allah, if we didn't have that word, so then we would assume that you do do yibum, even though your sister-in-law is also your daughter, or is also your wife's sister, your other sister-in-law, whatever the case is. So then. Uh, you would do Yibam if not for the fact that the Torah told us otherwise. So the entire time the Gemara has been trying to figure out now for the last couple of pages, and we're going to conclude the discussion in, on this page. The Gemara is going to give a few different answers to this question. Uh, why would you think that you should do Yibam? Why should you do Yibam to your sister-in-law if it's also your daughter? So the Gemara, from last week's recording, came up with one answer. And that answer is based on a concept called Hoel history. Uh, Once we're going to make it permissible to say that you can marry your sister-in-law, your brother's wife, after your brother passes away without children, so then we'll say that it's also permissible to, we're going to push aside any of the other prohibitions. If it's your daughter, we'll, we'll push aside uh, the fact that uh, you're prohibited to marry your daughter. Uh, that's what one would have thought, and then that's why the verse comes. The verse of Allah comes to tell you that no, uh, you can there. There is no mitzvah of yibam when it's another when it's also your sister in law is also related to you in some other way. Uh, but just to the gemara now is going to analyze this idea of a whole of history history that once it becomes permissible once the prohibition becomes permissible so that in that same scenario we're going to push aside uh, any other prohibition. So this happens to be it's a it's a big topic and there's a there's a lot of different ideas to discuss here. We don't even have a real source for the idea. We have an example, but there's no real source. Uh, for the, for the, from the Torah for this idea, like uh, we don't have a verse, but we have a parallel example of it. And how exactly does it work? What exactly are the mechanisms in terms of how this works? It's, it's a big discussion, which unfortunately we don't have uh, the time to get into right now. Uh, but just one, perhaps one explanation uh, to this idea is that once the Torah tells us to perform the mitzvah of Yibum, it tells us that you should marry, that one would have thought that if once the Torah tells us that there's this mitzvah of Yibam to marry your sister-in-law in the situation where your brother passes away without any children. Uh, so then the Torah is telling us that not only to, that there's this option of marrying your sister-in-law, uh, but and there's this mitzvah to do this if you don't do chalitza, but if there's anything which is getting in the way, one would have thought that if there's a, there's a different prohibition that's getting in the way, the Torah is also telling us that no, we push that aside as well. The Torah is telling us that we'll push aside anything to make sure that there's this potential for you to perform this mitzvah of Yibam. So we'll also push aside the prohibition uh, to marry your daughter. And that's also true with regards to the parallel case that we discussed in the last recording. We had this case, without getting too much into the detail into the details here, there's a person who has an impurity. He has an impurity because he's a mitzorah. He's somebody who has uh, this spiritual leprosy. And he's trying to purify himself. In order to purify himself, he has to go into the base of Mikdash. He has to go into the temple, into the courtyard of the temple. In general, a person is not allowed to do that. They're not allowed to go into the courtyard. But the Torah said that such a person is allowed to go with that type of impurity. 
However, he for he, so there's an example where this person also has a different type of impurity. He got some other impurity. So he has two two reasons why he's impure. For one of the two reasons, the Torah said he's allowed to go into the base of Migdash to purify himself, to complete the whole purification process. And so the Torah is telling us that even though he shouldn't go into the base of Migdash, he shouldn't go into the courtyard of the temple because he has a different type of impurity, he has a second type of impurity, but the Torah is telling us he's allowed to go in. The Torah told us he's allowed to go in. So if the Torah told us he's allowed to go in, even though he has a different type of impurity, we'll say, well, push that aside also. And we'll, we'll say that even though he has a different type of impurity, the Torah said he's allowed to go in, he's allowed to go in. And we'll say that the prohibition does not exist with regards to that other type of impurity. Uh, and we'll say that he's allowed to go in. And those are the two cases that the Gemara gave. And that case of the mitzora of the impurity, and the fact that he's allowed to go into the base of Mikdash is really our primary uh, source for the idea. It's not from a Pasuk, but it's, uh, it's from a Brisa. Uh, but that's the, that's the source for the idea. So the Gemara now says, Mi dami Can we really compare the case of Yibam to the case of, the case of Mitzorah? Now we're moving on to Chesam and Aleph. And the Gemara, just to explain it outside, and then we'll see it inside, the Gemara is going to have two questions, two differences between the cases. One difference is that the impurity of the Mitzorah came first. First, the person had the impurity of the Mitzorah, in which the Torah said, you're, even though you're impure, you're allowed to go to the base of Megdosh to complete the process of purification. And then only later did he uh, have that second type of impurity. And so what we'll say is, even though, because it happened later, first he was a Mitzorah, and the Torah said he could still go into the base of Megdosh, specifically for the purposes of purifying himself or herself, so then we also said that if he gets some sort of impurity later on, so then we'll push it aside. But if it was in the opposite order, says the Gemara, we may not say such a thing. If it's in the opposite order, where let's say he had first an impurity which says that he's not allowed to go to the base of Megdash. There is no such heter. It doesn't become permissible. And then later on, he gets the impurity of the Mitzorah because the first one was first and it, uh, it said that it's that type of impurity, you're not allowed to go to the base of Megdash, so that maybe even as a Mitzorah, we wouldn't apply this principle, because the Mitzorah impurity did not happen first. And so then, so, so too, it should also be with Yibam. With Yibam, maybe the only order in which we'll say that it becomes permissible, that one would have at least thought it would be permissible, this is all in the, in the thought process, in the end of the day, this does not apply, but maybe one would have thought this only is permissible is if... Your brother marries uh, his wife first, and only then do you go ahead and you marry your sister-in-law, your brother's wife's sister. The cases where two brothers are marrying two sisters, and maybe only first when it's your sister-in-law because your brother married his wife uh, to to make it that there's a potential for yibum. That you know, if he passes away without children, so then there's this potential for yibum. So maybe that has to happen first. And only then do you go ahead and marry uh, your sister-in-law's sister. It's where two brothers are marrying two sisters, and it's only afterwards. But if it's in the opposite order, so then maybe we shouldn't say that there's this concept of whole of ishtri ishtri, that once uh, we make something permissible, a prohibition permissible, then we make it permissible for other prohibitions within that scenario. Maybe that's not true. It has to follow the order of the Mitzorah, where... Uh, the first, there's the the the, pro, the prohibition first exists, which has that potential to that the at least there's an existence and a potential to make it 
that there's a it's permissible in some scenario, and that has to exist first. That that's the Gemara's first question. The Gemara's second question is also maybe we only apply we only apply this principle if in actuality it exists that the the, the there exists. There's a, a point in time where it's actually permissible for the person to violate this prohibition or to, to, to do this act of which in general is a prohibition. What do I mean? The case is where you have a Mitzorah. Let's start with the case of a Mitzorah. The Mitzorah is allowed to go into the base of Mikdash on the eighth day of his purification process. On the eighth day, he's allowed to go into the base of Mikdash. Now, if he gets this other impurity, the, the Brayta tells us if you get the, that if this only applies if he gets the impurity on the eighth day itself. Meaning during the eighth day, because part of the eighth day, he was allowed to go in. There was the act. It was he just he delayed by a little bit, but he was actually able to go into the base of Migdash. So since there was a point in time where it became permissible, so that even though he becomes impure with some other impurity, he's allowed to continue to go into the base of Migdash. So then, so too says the Gemara. Maybe the only case where we could do yibum is as follows: where. Uh, your brother passes away without any children. He's married to somebody. So now there's this potential to, to do yibum. Now there's no other. You're not related to this to this sister-in-law in any other way because now it's permissible to do yibum. What do you go ahead and do before you do yibum? The scenario is where before you do yibum, you marry your sister-in-law's sister. This woman that you're about to do to have, to, to 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 potentially do the mitzvah of yibum with. Uh, so then. At that point in time, in between, but after the brother passes away, before you do the mitzvah of Yibam, you go ahead and you marry your sister-in-law's sister. So now your sister-in-law becomes prohibited through a different way. But at least there was a point in time where there was the potential to do the mitzvah of Yibam. And you have to have that potential to do... There has to be any, It has to exist to have the potential to do Yibam. And maybe that's the only case where we will apply this principle of whole of history, history. That once... It becomes permissible, and it's actually permissible. You just never actually you acted on it. You never did the mitzvah yet, but there it was. There was the potential. The potential existed. It was there. It was available for you to do to do the mitzvah of yibum, but you didn't do the mitzvah of yibum, and instead you married your sister-in-law's sister. So then, then we'll say that okay, we'll push aside any prohibition. That prohibition, those prohibitions won't exist, and then it will be limited. It will be very much limited to one case. And the Gemara is going to include and say, yeah, it's true. Our original thought, again, this is all in the original thought process. It's a little complicated, but this is all in the original thought process. And the conclusion will say that no, if your sister in law is also uh, your sister in law in the other direction, it's your wife's sister, uh, so then we'll say there still is a prohibition in the end of the day. But let's just see this in the Gemara inside. First of all, the Gemara says, we should care about the order. The order has to be first that the order has to be where your brother married his wife first because that's the case where there's the potential for it to make it permissible and then only af- and that has to exist first and only afterwards do you then marry the sister. Two brothers are marrying two sisters so only afterwards do you marry the sister but first your brother has to marry the first sister because that, that has to exist first so that the heter, when it becomes permissible that has to be uh, that has to be First and only afterwards do you then marry the second sister. That's the first question. And then they were asked, and even if you were to marry the the sister second, 
there still has to be a point in time where it's actually you, you, you're, you're able to perform the mitzvah of Yibam, which means that the brother has to pass away first, and only then do you marry your sister-in-law's sister. Then do you marry, because then there's at least a point in time where you can perform the mitzvah of Yibam. I understand, it makes sense if first your brother gets married and then he passes away without children and so there's this point in time where you could do the mitzvah, you could actually do this mitzvah even, and then you go ahead and you marry your sister-in-law's sister. Two brothers are marrying two sisters so there's a point in time where it becomes permissible. But if there's no point in time, if you marry the second sister before your brother passes away, but if there's absolutely no point in time where you could actually perform the mitzvah of Yibam, so then we don't apply this principle of whole history, history, that once it becomes permissible, then it becomes permissible for other prohibitions, because it never became permissible to begin with. Because it was your sister-in-law through your wife's sister before your brother even passed away. So there was never a point in time where it was actually permissible for you to perform the mitzvah of Yibam. So the Gemara says, this is the conclusion of the first answer. Ela ki aleha, when do we need aleha? The case that we need aleha, the verse of aleha, to tell us that really it's, it's prohibited anyways, what's our original thought process? When would you even think that it's permissible? For one case. For one case where uh, your brother marries uh, your sister-in-law marries your marries marries somebody. He passes away. Now you have this mitzvah of yibum. There's the potential to do the mitzvah of yibum, but instead of you performing the mitzvah of yibum, you go ahead and you marry your sister-in-law's sister. Two brothers are marrying two sisters, uh, and so you would have thought that maybe you could still do the mitzvah of yibum because there was a point in time where the mitzvah of yibum was permissible, was actually permissible. That maybe you should push aside both prohibitions. Comes the pasuk to tell us aloud that. It's not true. You cannot do the mitzvah of Yibam if your sister-in-law is related to you in some other way. That's the that's the conclusion of the first suggestion, of of and 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 and, and that suggestion is true in the end. That that is a valid it's a valid suggestion. The Gemara is going to give another a second one. It's really going to give a total of three. We're, today we're going to do a second one as to why it is that we need. Uh, the Pasuk of the verse of Aleha, that extra word to tell you that you are prohibited to your uh, sister-in-law uh, when your sister-in-law is also one of your other relatives. Why would we think otherwise? So we just gave one suggestion, and we're going to give another suggestion as well today. And then in the next recording, we'll give a third one to, con- to wrap up the, this whole entire uh, topic. So here's suggestion number two. Maybe we could say as follows. The reason why we would have thought that it's permissible for you to perform the mitzvah of Yibam to your sister-in-law when it's also, let's say, your daughter. Why would I think that? Because there's a concept called a hekish. There's a hekish in the Torah that tells us that if we, if the Torah itself connects two, uh, two words, or as we're going to see, the Torah itself puts everything in one category, so then you might think that you could connect everything together that the same rules would apply. As it says as follows, the Amr Rabbi Yonah Vizim Rav Huna Breder of Yeshua, the verse tells us, Rabbi Yonah tells us that the verse says, Amr Kra, Ki kol asher yasam mikol tevosa elav nechrasu. After the Torah describes all the different uh, situations where you're prohibited to, to marry a, a close relative, after it says that, it says, it puts all them in the same verse, and it says, if you do any of these, so then there's a prohibition of kares. So the fact that the Torah connects all of them together, it says if, you've do, if you do any of these, so then there's a prohibition of kares, 
So then all of the arayos, all of the prohibitions are connected to each other and it's connected to the case of your brother's wife. To tell us, maybe you would have thought to say, just like uh, it's permissible to do yibam to your sister-in-law, so maybe this applies to any any situation where your sister-in-law is also uh, an immediate relative, let's say it's your daughter, so that's why we need the verse of Allaha to tell you, no, don't think that, don't think that you're not allowed to do yibam to your sister-in-law if it's also related to you in some other way. Okay, now the Gemara asks the following question on this idea. Amalei Ravacham Midifti the Ravina. Ravacham Midifti asks Ravina Michti. Kolarayas ikalakshuni leishas ach vikalakshuni lachos isha. Maichos is daakshus lachos isha. Akshuni leishas ach. In the end of the day, Aleha tells us that you're not, Aleha is specifically in the context of your sister in law in the other way, where it's your wife's sister. So, we have one situation where it's just your regular sister, which it's your sister-in-law of Yibam, where it's your brother's wife. And that, the Torah tells us, you're allowed to do Yibam. You're allowed to marry your sister-in-law if it's in the context of Yibam, where it's your brother passes away without children. We have another verse which tells us that in that situation, if it's related to you by being also your wife's sister, so then you're not allowed to do Yibam. But... One scenario tells us it's allowed. Another scenario tells us it's not allowed. Those are only two cases of close relatives. Those are two cases. What about all the other relatives? You have your daughter, uh, your mother-in-law. You have all these other scenarios which the Mishnah had where it's also uh, not, Yibam is not allowed. But how do we know that? Why why should we say that all the other cases are compared to uh, the case of your, where it's your wife's sister, we should compare it to the case where it's your brother's wife. So the Gemara is going to give two answers to this question. One answer is that when we connect, when we when we have a question, should we say that we should be more lenient to say that you could marry or we should be more stringent to say that you shouldn't marry? So then, in general, we say that if we have that question, we, we are more stringent. And perhaps the idea is that when it comes to a biblical law, there's a general principle that we're more stringent in a case of a doubt. In a suffix, that might be the reason behind this, that when, when there's a doubt, when there's a question of what to do, when it's a biblical law, we are more stringent. When it's rabbinic, we're more lenient, but when it, because this is a biblical law, we are more stringent. And so therefore, with regards to all the other relatives, your daughter, your granddaughter, if it's also your sister-in-law, we do not do the mitzvah of Yibam because we are going to compare it to the more stringent halacha, to the more stringent law, which is that when it's your wife's sister, we do not do the mitzvah of Yibam. So, so too, when it's your daughter or your granddaughter, we do not, in the end of the day, we do not do the mitzvah of Yibam. Ibai Seima, another reason. In the case where it's your wife's sister, that's a case where it's, you're related, um, you're related in two in two ways. It's your wife's sister and it's also your brother's wife, right? It's, it's a situation where there's two prohibitions. When it's just your brother's wife, it's just one prohibition. It's just your brother's wife. So when we're going to compare, let's say, your daughter, which one are we going to compare it to? We're going to compare it. If your daughter is also your sister-in-law, that's two prohibitions that you would have to push aside. So we're going to compare that to the case of where it's your wife's sister. When it's your wife's sister and it's your brother's wife, that's, those are also cases of where there are two prohibitions. And so we're going to compare the two prohibitions, the two prohibitions, to say that it is, it is a problem. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, we we say that there is no mitzvah of yibum, uh, and we're not going to compare it just to the one case. So in conclusion, just uh, in conclusion, 
we had gave two possibilities as to why you might think that if it's your sister-in-law is also related to you in some other way, it's your daughter, that maybe you should do the mitzvah of Yibam, either based on the idea of whole of history, history. Once it becomes permissible, we're going to per, per, we're going to say that all prohibitions are permissible in this scenario. Another reason is based on a concept called the Hekesh, that the Torah itself connects all of them together so that maybe they're all permissible. In the end of the day, we have the, the verse tells us, Aleha, to tell you that, no, there is no such mitzvah, the Yibam in a, in a situation where uh, your sister-in-law is also related to you in some other way. That is the conclusion. That's the main point to get out of this, that there is, there is this prohibition, the prohibition does exist. In the next recording, we'll give a, a last reason why you might think that there is no prohibition, uh, but in the end of the day, there is this uh, prohibition.